Okay, thank you for listening to this episode of Bloodhound Picks, and it's part of our Horror Not Fear campaign. As always, I am one of your hosts, Craig. And I'm Kyle. Josh is away for this episode, but we are joined by Sean O'Connor, who is going to be handling the episode for us and kind of we don't know fully what he's bringing to it but we've known sean for some time so it's going to be really interesting and you're going to be along the ride with us of what we're going to do and kyle's dog has just joined in <laughs> Raphael. yeah so hello sean and thank you for hello, joining hello. us thanks for having me uh what a pleasure so we met sean as we've talked about before, the three or myself, Kyle, and Josh, you know, met and started this podcast when we were doing the MFA program. Well, we started working together through the MFA program with the David Lynch Graduate School of Cinematic Arts. And Sean is one of was the art student and one of our other friends within that. And so it's great the to fourth, have him. The fourth yeah. black sheep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were, yeah. I, that's probably the best way of putting it the black sheep of the group and so it's great to have him we'll chat with him frequently but it's you know, lovely to have you on the on this episode really yeah I'm, I'm excited about all the work uh that you all are doing and consistently and it's really inspiring thank you thank you and so what is your episode going to be sean you know i was thinking about it i i i know that we uh, all enjoy Japanese cinema, okay. and I'm also like a neophyte. Like I'm not, I appreciate the horror genre. I think it's probably the most, in in terms of like the art form, in terms of modern cinema, it seems like the most. Uh, how do I say it? Incisive and real. I, I mean it. It um it just seems like there's a lot of cool. Uh, concepts that are are coming up in a good way to deal with like shadow energy mm -hmm. um so i'm a, i'm a sort of neophyte when it comes to that i mean i know sort of like the vhs uh era of of horror coming uh growing up but i don't know i thought that would be like uh kind of neat to discuss because i think there's a lot of like uh growth that's available mm -hmm. um because we're in such a sort of uh strenuous time in our human history yeah. and uh i just think that with with uh everyone doing the social distancing you know from uh you know one part of the spectrum to another but there's a lot of people who are just very interior these days and are going through it and i know that the sort of stresses that um seem to be sort of a base you know the human stresses that uh, seem to be a basis of the um, cinematic experience and horror seems to be very pronounced. You know, everyone's uh, sort of losing it in one way or yeah. gaining, it, <laughs> gaining it in one way or another. So I think that's a, I don't know, I just, am, okay. I think it's a very, uh, it, it must be a very exciting time to be a storyteller um, when dealing with, with shadow energy. That's great. And so you kind of, before we get fully into your episode, um, since grad. Yes, yeah. John's episode. It's all yours. If this fails, it is entirely. It's on me. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 uh, I've had that. Have you know? I'm no stranger yeah. to failure, so yeah. it's, uh, you know, I'll be well equipped. But so um, listeners can know if they're ever interested or things. You do readings and 
if you want to talk about that and everything you do working with that. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so I um, it's I your pl- am, your self promotion yeah, here, moment. Uh, here's my plug. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I love the cinema, and I, I I I'm a writer and a director, but uh, during my midlife crisis, you know, which is you know, I'm just hopefully coming out of it. Maybe I'm just <laughs> entering it. Um, I I've been a uh, a cardomancer, a tarot card reader for, um, you know, since I was a teenager, something, uh, my mother helped pass on to me. And, uh, over the years, it's just something that's, that's sort of picked up and it's something that I, you know, whatever you want to call them, the intuitive arts, it's something that I've, uh, sort of developed. And, and so I've, I've made that more part of my, palette of offerings and i'm also uh, uh an astrologer um i've i've studied uh very intently you know over the last couple of years and it's really sort of fascinated me um and i think it's totally compatible with the work we do in this storytelling yeah. i was thinking about it uh the the sort of correspondences and the archetypal resonance that know something like the the tarot or the astro any astrological system um is really informative to what we do um as storytellers i mean i just think there's if it, you know i was thinking about this as one of the drills that we did in mfa land right mm-hmm. was okay let's develop a character and what is their you know what is their favorite color and what is their favorite uh thing to eat and you know, we go through, uh, you know, we go through these sort of checklists of, mm-hmm. of what are the characteristics, and what fascinates me about um, astrology and um, you know the tarot system is that there it, it's one way to access, and it's not for everybody, but it's one way to access uh, some of those resonances at its core, and mm-hmm. um, really deal with. Um, deep psychological or spiritual um, material. So I would uh, I would I would uh, suggest that any writer, you know, maybe get a book. The Jodorowsky book is a really mm-hmm. the Way of the Tarot is a really great book, just because it it just it 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 is such a um, you know it's it's a it's another sort of fertilizer that we can use for our imagination. You know, whether uh, presenting it for others or in, in terms of our own development and growth so so that's something i've just uh you know it's it's sort of picked up over the last couple of years and it's um i never thought i would be there and and um it's a it's a cool part of the journey that's great and so i guess since we've known each other long enough and i can kind of be asked about certain elements of that you yes. know um all three of us or no transcendental meditation we'll practice it mm-hmm. um however so my like for example my partner my um you've met my wife she um she is training in reiki mm-hmm. and, stuff like that, and she does tm as well and so there's one of those things for tm for me i think because my head is very scientific and like mm-hmm. my understanding like i was able to finally accept it because okay i could understand the science behind it and so she's talking. So as she's learning Reiki and talking about that, she needs people to practice on. And for somebody like me, I'm still like with something like that. I don't 
necessarily understand the science of it yet. I mean, I could go and read. So I always have that that resistance. So I'd love to kind of hear kind of a little bit about that and about like for people, I guess, like me who, who well, may have that resistance. And I would counter just knowing you, Craig, that you and Kyle, that you've established <laughs> as, as a, as a, um, uh, you've established uh, sensitivity in your life already, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, and, and we, we can say it's a, uh, a holistic vulnerability to sort of those subtle energies and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and with meditation, you know, that's one function of the, of the practice, you know, especially in, in TM is, yeah. is um, contacting being, I don't want to sound like a uh, TM commercial, but, uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, reaching, you know, reaching that basis of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, I, I think that I understand, you know, there's, I, and I get this quite a bit, um, not so much anymore, because I think there's a sort of uh, opening. Um, yeah. This is, you know, a susceptibility to um, different expressions of consciousness because we're in this very complicated time, and so someone might say, "Hey, the uh, you do this, you know, you you draw cards and are able to sort of diagram um, a situation, perhaps mm -hmm. in a way. And what is the what is the distinction of that being just a um, a sort of random experience that we that you where you um, designate associations rather than getting some sort of messaging or getting some yeah. sort of greater insight and um, I just would I just would say that you know try it out like try those things yeah. like the Reiki try try um, try different modalities of perception and it's not for everybody you know mm -hmm. there's there's some people who need that sort of um, uh, logistic procedure of, yeah. of, of knowing, you know, that there, there's, and then there's other people who are completely empathetic and intuitive that, that it, it jives with it. And it's a helpful, um, it's a, it's a, it's another tool. So that's, mm -hmm. that's what I, I mean. It's not for, it's not for everybody, but I, it's, it's kind of crazy how once you sort of sit down with people, I mean, mm -hmm. I get, when I get approached for reading sometimes it's sometimes when people i don't think that would i, I would never even broach it because okay. i just don't think um they'd, they'd be into it and then they're curious and actually when you you know when you when you have an experience where at least the person is saying like hey i took something away from that um it's the artistic it's what the the what the artist wants to do okay. uh in their in 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 their work is to have some sort of effectivity. And so when that happens, it's like, okay, I can't really explain, you know, um, on a level of logic, why this happens, but on a level of feeling, you know, I can, I can totally jive with when someone says, Hey, that really, um, that really affected me. That, that just kind of expanded my perception. And that's, yeah. I think that's the best, instead of looking at it as a, um, a pure divination system, yeah. like I'm telling, I'm, I'm, um, I'm looking in the future and there's this fixed fate, you know, that's not, that's not what's going on. It's basically a development tool yeah. of like, I have free will. These are the elements of, of my life that are um, available, available okay. to me. And I have a choice of how I'm going to work with it. Okay. 
And can I say one thing? And it's yeah. really like I I come from a totally, um, you know, I wasn't such a, a, a old batshit new age grandma. <laughs> you know, um, I came I came from a totally different. You know, um, if you would have seen me ten years ago, you know, I was it was I was a totally different person. Someone who really doubted themselves and struggled with a lot of different things. And and these esoteric or occult systems mm -hmm. um as much as as much as something like transcendental meditation has really sort of helped me get to a to a a, a place of um coherence in in, okay. in in my life so i think it's i think it can be really helpful to people okay cool oh that's great what um, is uh yeah. just for people that don't know and i'm one of them what is reiki <laughs> um Craig, why don't you? Because you're closer to it. It's, it's funny. I'd uh, like to. I'd like to get trained, but go, go, Craig. So, from what I know, um, he is the art. So it's um, it's in a way, it's a healing tool, but it's through um, like the vibrations and the. Normally, it's like a touching where you rub you rub your hands together, and you'll hold on to the spot and that for example if somebody burns their hand you would rub your hands together you would um put the symbol on and you would hold the hand and it would base it in a, this sort of mind over matter idea the person doing the reiki would be absorbing the the burn the pain and so it'd be type of you would be a a, a, a conduit of like that universal energy is okay kind of what i got but it's a, yeah. yeah it's a it's a facilitation um yeah it's a it's a facilitation of higher energy i've had two distant in the last year two distant uh reiki reiki sorry um i'm unsure about the pronunciation but i've had yeah. two sessions where someone has been in an absolute uh, another part of the country yeah a different state can... and ha and the the um, deals I lay down and I, you could feel the energy working. And I know that I'm like, you know, kind of weird. And, but there wasn't like an anti, I was very, like, even for me, I was very, very surprised about how effective, like there was, yeah. and, and, and again, we could get into this, you know, placebo, you know, discussion, but I, I just think that there's something to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, it's, it, it has a sort of, yeah, it has a sort of intensity that I've, I've, I've picked up, and you, you, you meet people who are practitioners and healers, and they, there's something special about them. Cool. All right. Okay. So now that you, we hey, kind you of, can start, yeah. you can do a horror movie about it. Yeah. Yes. So now that we've kind of do you for, or I guess before we get officially into your well i mean this is your episode and we've already it's been talking but um right. do you want to give how can people reach you through online yeah or they, if they want they to can, schedule um, yeah they can get uh a hold of me at uh kinofkins.com www.kin of kins.com <laughs> and um there's just a it's a it's a simple site but there's, there's okay. my contact info and um, yeah, and I do I do readings or um, I, I love discussions, you know, like this. So uh, 
Get at me, please. Awesome. Okay, so throw it at us, Sean. What are where do you want to take this? Hmm. Well, I was, I, you know, I guess, I guess what we could talk. Uh, let me, let me, let me uh, think for a minute, because I'm actually, I didn't, I thought I was just, you know, a participant and not oh. a, um, a, a, a uh, <laughs> group leader. But, um, well, like morbidly, morbidly beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, like, what. What are um, let me let me back up. Okay, so uh, these movies that we call you know uh, independent sort of uh, we call it horror or whatever yeah. kind of genre. You know, there's it's just such a um, infinitely large sort of spectrum. Yeah. But I was wondering, like, what 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 movies have really affected you, like on a level, like on on a level of feeling and emotion that have helped you guys, I don't know, just sort of indicated some sort of growth in your way. And the reason why I ask about that is because there's, I get this all the time, and this is this has happened in my own work, where, oh, that's so dark, and there's this sort of, um, you know, there, there's this, um, the, the, the subject matter, it yeah. has this, has this um, furious truth about it. And people don't don't all the time get it like they're they're yeah. um, you know i'm thinking about let's say um there's a there's a film i i love it's one of my favorite films and it's the most it, you know on paper it's like one of the most fucked up movies um in the world it's um graveyard of honor which is a japanese movie okay. where there is this the the protagonist the the, the main dude is a um what we call the worst kind of individual <laughs> and um i mean because he's a he's he's um, he's a he's a psychopath um and um his language is violence um but the journey that we go on and it's it's horrific like what what how what he does to himself and what he does to the people around him what he does to the people who really care for him you know and really love him um he it he uh you know goes on the on the on this rampage and um destroys a lot of lives and and so we're going like well why would what's you know what's exalting you know if we're looking at something to have a holistic potential like what what is um why, why would you give a fuck about this movie and it's because the the whole deal is it's this environment, the environment of violence and gangsters mm -hmm. and the underworld has sort of created this character and they've like loved him. You know, he's done all their dirty work and then he goes out of control and then he turns on that whole community. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was really interesting. And he does um, arrive at some sort of conclusion about his own life. Um, in a, in a, I won't I won't blow it for you guys, but it's, um, <laughs> you know, it's not pretty. But I think there's like I found a lot of meaning in that because it was like this for me it was this you know shadow integration because mm -hmm. you know it's really looking at the um, no bullshit the um, extent of our shadows and the extent of these these places that are really um, unpopular about the human um, condition and I just think there's a lot of value in that and I think it's like actually what makes me um, what I enjoy about 
about storytelling is like kind mm-hmm. of going to the going to those places. So I don't know. I was just was wondering, like in your own lives, is there a movie that that like really has like um, affected you as a as a as an artist yourself and really sort of on a on a very personal level that would maybe surprise people. That's, go a, first, that's, a, that's a big question. Yeah. Um, first, I want to talk about Graveyard of Honor because I've seen, <laughs> well, I've seen the 70s version. I don't know which version you're talking about. Um, this, you know, they're like kind of the same. They're, I know. Yeah, um, they're the same story. The, the, I, I think, um, I forget the name of the actor in the Takashi Miku one that he, he does a really good job as the character. I forget the name of the character. It's been it's it's not something you pop or pop in you know, during the Christmas holiday. Um, but Thanksgiving, the, the, the Fukasaku one is uh, is is it's great. Yeah. yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, I like what you're saying, just in terms of the fact that like that story is you're with the yakuza who are a transgressive force in society. Let's just say, and that character transgresses the transgressors i mean he because you know they're afraid of him because he's so beyond greed or power or you know any of these kind of the things that they desire this guy is just so crazy everyone's afraid of him but yet you know with cinema you can empathize or at least come to kind of an understanding of someone who is so far gone from within society which I think is uh, what's most exciting about it, just as you're saying, because it's especially in a time like now when everything is so polarized and we are so supposed to. Um, uh, there's so many people that want to take storytelling to a literal place and make it kind of instructive mm-hmm. and kind of are simplifying something that could be very complex where we can actually look at people in society that, you know, people that we sh- we we feel morally we shouldn't empathize with but in storytelling you know we can uh, we can look at that person uh, as a whole person and see that there's something wrong with them and see that they're uh on a bad path but maybe we can also find some humanity and some empathy for them which you know i think is 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 what's most interesting about cinema it doesn't have to be uh someone that you like we can we can uh grow our own empathy that way i think that's the biggest um issue and we've talked about before on here and just in general of the idea that there's this whole notion that's coming out more and more now where it's like oh your protagonist i'm not going to say hero but your protagonist needs to be likable is something that they need to be compelling as a character yeah they don't need to be likable i think is you know I think they need to be likable if you're going it from a market perspective. Yeah. Like if you, yeah. you know I mean I mean that's that's the whole the whole deal I think. But you know with that character uh, in the in the especially with the um the I think it's a 1972 the first something one. like that, yeah. Yeah, um you know that's dealing with like all these questions of like nationalism and masculinity. Mm-hmm. So we could see that you know we could see that in in our society, you know what's going on in our country. Uh, yeah um the in our country right now with the you know remember the whole deal four years ago was about the forgotten man yeah you know the under and and he's been kicked like a dog you know and and no one understands him you know his sophistication just to be just to be and so you know that movie is sort of an exaggerated version of that um byproduct where it's like 
yeah, he is a dog. You know, he is a wolf because he's he's all he's known is this environment of um, transaction and um, you know the the almost like the greatest currency that you can have besides power is your uh, ruthlessness. And so, and then he, you know, he, it, it, uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work out for him. I was thinking about that movie just now because at the beginning of, I think it's at the, I hope I'm getting this right. But at the beginning of the, the Fukasaku one, you know, like they always have those monta- uh, montages, like they have yeah. it in, um, um, the Jingi series where it's, you know, they show the, um, newspapers yeah. and, um, and then they have people sometimes narrating over it. And, um, they are talking about him that uh, it sounds like they're, they're, there's a voiceover of his neighbors and they're, they're talking about him. And he was like, he was always crying as a kid, you know, he was always crying as a little boy. He never stopped crying, something like that. And then you see this guy who's just like shut down, you know, and uh yeah it's intense anyway um the uh yeah i don't know i i I wish there was more that sort of like um courage in in um united states cinema and i think what you're talking about craig about um it not you know the like the likability sort of deal um and and that you know that's not knocking you know the prevailing cinema maybe it is yeah. but but there's there's sort of i think you're touching on a thing what you're touching on too is there's sort of this sort of template for the morality of cinema mm-hmm. like there's there there like and, and, and kyle you said it, it's in, it needs to be instructive like morally instructive yeah rather than suggestive Yeah, which is so – it's such a simple-minded view of what art can be, unfortunately. I mean, to to look at everything as like it has to be a morality tale and everyone is basically so intellectually dim that they need you to say, hey, this is a bad thing that we don't do. It's like, come on. Yes. Like, I think it it hinders – um well I, like the uh old man david lynch you know even his even just the, that recent series where people you know and you can get in a whole conversation about you know we've, we've talked about this where yes. you know maybe that's not like the highest dimension of awareness but um <laughs> the um yeah just where there's there's sort of um, there's sort of a capture of creativity because you're sort of you you really have to calculate what not what the not you know not like what the audience wants or what's cool but like the the sort of uh, careful messaging right mm-hmm. right because because the perhaps the audience thinks that you know it's instructive we're in this thing of instructive rather than suggestive. Um, and so you can see things that are, you know, are horrible, you know, and, you know, um, have those play out as a sort of supporting element of this larger story that you're trying to tell, but that there's a, um, you have to come to this like, uh, common 
<laughs> common accord in terms of like your thematic and subject matter that is very hard to predict because that's um that's that's changing but i think that's like i think it's constricting in terms of creativity when you can't just like on, on, on just a personal level of like how, this is how i fucking feel you know and i may be you know we're in a country full of these people mm-hmm. like this is how i fucking feel it's really complicated i don't know i'm i don't i'm i don't think i'm a piece of shit but this is i don't really know how to explain it i'm just gonna hold it in right <laughs> and then it's gonna get fucking weirder you know that's that's and i think that's you know maybe maybe that is like projecting into our artistic force as mm-hmm. a as a nation you know we can't really um uh I, I would much rather look. I would much rather someone do some fucking stupid movie that I would that I think is stupid that they fucking love. You know, it's their creativity. You know, it's like so. You know, these, these, there's a whole fucking Christian um, cinema thing. You know, where they make movies and I'm sure they're having a great time and they're making a lot of money. But I'm like, that's you know what? Like, good on them. They're like saying what they you know you know they're 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 doing it they're telling the story mm-hmm. they want to tell you know and they're being honest and it may not be as like <laughs> you know um you know the the narrative values may not be like what we're what we're into right <laughs> but they're going for it and then the, we have the other side where it's just sort of you know where you know someone is just careful careful yeah. careful in their storytelling in a way that's like you know close to lying you know, when you're too, you know, just just say what you uh, say what you mean. You know that that's something that's popped up again. Um, so beforehand, we were kind of talking about to Sean what dynamics each one of the members of Bloodhound plays in terms of reviews and stuff like that. Um, but one of the things that I like, where I don't have patience for, which I have patience for a lot of aspects in storytelling. <laughs> probably more than i should but the thing that gets me is i will take the worst movie of all time if it if you can feel that passion behind it and you can feel mm. rather than somebody that's just like they're obviously making it because and trying to hit all of the things that are marketable and trying to hit you know something that's horrible you know i mean it's all subjective again or in general but something that's horrible versus something that's just like generic made to you know be a marketing tool or be a a cash flow or be you know can i put you on the spot what is like one what is a movie that you saw that you were like (laughs) fuck you know like just you didn't um you just didn't feel it I, I can think of one right now that, that exemplifies what Craig is talking about. Uh, it was called Isabel. Oh, I think it's yeah. 2019, but it's Adam Brody and some other actress who's kind of, you know, we, CW. We did a review on it, yeah. Yeah, like kind of semi-famous, but it just feels, uh, but it, it it's everything Craig just kind of said, where it's like one of those movies that just feels like, okay, you know, like this level of famous actor and this level, I can put those together for this amount of money and make this really kind of generic haunted possession house. Film yeah, possession film. movie that's... It's just those movies that uh, we unfortunately end up reviewing a lot where you're just like, yeah. 
uh, just everything feels generic. Every, nothing feels inspired, and it's it's worse than yeah, even a terrible movie that has passion because you just feel like it's just you, you know you've missed the boat. This is just a waste of everyone's time. Yet the big one that, well, I mean, we'll say it, Cal. If you feel like cutting it out of the episode, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> but the big one that will be no, 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 you gotta do. We're talking yeah. about like the unbridled. True. Let it out. Yeah. The big, it's, it's the big a... one that will be referenced is one of our. It was our first festival, if I remember, that we covered, right? I, I think so. As yeah. Bloodhound, and the movie is called The Dark Red. It's now on Amazon. It's actually done fairly well, I think, in the indie circuit. But it's about, and there are these moments that are, I I think, are great in it. But it's a story about a woman is in a. Um, asylum i guess and she's saying that her baby was stolen to wow. the doctor and that's the whole thing but then you know it starts off and it's almost like a um, visual poetry movie for the first like 10-15 minutes then it goes into the story itself about okay that this baby was stolen and it becomes like this pregnancy terror thing and then it becomes this revenge her getting revenge on the people and there's this whole montage of her training and getting buffed up like some Sarah Connor. Well, she's going and, for it. She's like going, yeah, she's like, I got yeah. it. It's, yeah. And Sarah Connor, ter yeah, Terminator 2. And then it turns into scanners. Yeah. I was going to say, so he left out the part that <laughs> the, the girl is psychic <laughs> sort of. And then the baby is but basically that's not brought up till the end, but the baby is stolen because of its, psychic potential so there's kind of like a weird x-men thing going yeah. on a little twist at the end but it just feel it it feels like somebody was going oh these are it's either i like these movies or these will play well so let's throw them in and it and felt, then, did, yeah did it feel like soulless like i mean it, yeah what i mean by that was just yeah it didn't, yeah yeah and so that is what i mean by like I will be more willing to write them. I don't like doing this type of thing, but write a bad review or write a review criticizing that than I would, I don't know, something else that we've watched. Um, that is, you know, the the technical quality might not be good because a lot of these movies that we were talking about, both of the Isabella and the Dark Red that we were mentioning, the technical quality is there in a lot of films nowadays because of the advancement of technology yeah. everything looks yeah. very pretty so but then the stories are i don't know beyond uninspired yeah well i think i mean really the whole you know we're part of this mfa screenwriting um explosion you know that's like all yeah. over you know and um you know i think it's very i mean it's really i, I really liked our experience there mm -hmm. you know uh just being able to you know, be with other people and write. But the the sort of like um, the there's this whole other thing about um, where I, I've seen this quite a lot. Like we're like really good um, concepts, really good. I don't know, just just very interesting stuff gets sort of um, get sort of machetted out of there because. Mm -hmm. um, because it's not it it doesn't translate to people and a lot of the people kind of up the vine or whatever you know they're not like it's it's um it's it's a monetized scene there and 
you know, it's not going to be, um, you know, innovation. It's almost, this is, this is what I would say about it. Like innovation, um, like real innovation, not just um, a, a refinement, uh, you know, of, of these sort of narrative models, but a real sort of innovation. It just doesn't lend itself, you know, this, this sort of uh, committee criteria just doesn't lend itself to, to at least getting the money, you know, getting the money to do it. But the, you just said it like now, you know, on my iPhone, right? You know, you get a good lens, you're shooting 4K and looks it looks hot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like, do it yourself. Bloodhound Picks Podcast is part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Produced by Josh Lee, Craig Drum, and Kyle Hintz. Music by Raymond Seed. Editing by Kyle Hintz.